0: Welcome to the sermon podcast of Resurrection Community Church in Virginia Beach. We seek to connect people to God and one another through His Word, and hope this sermon brings you closer to God. We'll hear God's Word this morning from Genesis chapter 8, uh, verses 1 to 19. And so as we continue in the season of Advent, this is the second Sunday in the season, and the theme of Advent, uh, one of the major themes of Advent in general is promise. And so as we continue through Genesis as we have been and will for quite a while in Advent we're in the story of Noah, which is all about God's promises. So today this is about God keeping His promise. Last week, uh, the beginning of the story of Noah, we focused on the need for the promise. That as the world was falling apart, as the earth became corrupt and violent, what did we need? We needed the promise of God. That He would do something about it. And we kind of left off there with Noah and his family sitting in his ark for hundred and fifty days. That was the end of chapter 7. It said the waters prevailed on the earth for hundred and fifty days, which is a long time. So today, uh, we're going to see God keeping his promise to bring Noah out of the ark. And so as you hear this, I want you to reflect a little bit as I said last week. Reflect on why, why is God telling the story this way? This story could be told so much more simply as it is in many children's Bibles and many of what people remember, but God tells it in a very detailed sort of way. And so why does he do that? So I'm going to read now from Genesis chapter 8, verses 1 to 19. But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth, and the waters subsided. The fountains of the deep and the windows of the heavens were closed, and the rain from the heavens was restrained, and the waters receded from the earth continually. At the end of 150 days the waters had abated, and in the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mountains of Ararat, and the waters continued to abate until the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains were seen." At the end of forty days Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made and sent forth a raven. It went to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. Then he sent forth a dove from him to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground. But the dove found no place to set her foot and she returned him to the ark. For the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took her and brought her into the ark with him. He waited another seven days, and again he sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening, and behold, in her mouth was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days and sent forth the dove, and she did not return to him anymore. In the 601st year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried from off the earth. And Noah removed the covering of of the ark and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. In the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth had dried out. Then God said to Noah, Go out from the ark, you and your wife, and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with you every living thing that is with you of all flesh, birds and animals and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, that they may swarm on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out, and his sons, and his wife, and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, and every bird, everything that moves on the earth, went out by families from the ark. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you give this word to us in all of its detail. We thank you that it was written down and preserved for us, that your word for your people back then may be your word for us today. So we pray now that as we reflect on it together, you would speak to us by the power of your Holy Spirit and sink this word deep into us that it would not merely be information for our heads but transformation for our hearts, changing the way that we think, the way that we feel, the way that we live. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, As promised, I I have my mystery bag up here. And in my mystery bag, I have an ice bucket. And you may wonder, why do I have an ice bucket in my mystery bag? That's a good question. It really does have ice in it. A whole bucket full of ice. Oops, I'll try not to spill it. Last week I poured water out on the floor. Uh, But here I have my ice bucket. So what would happen if I stuck my hand in this bucket of ice? It would be really cold. It would be cold. How do you think my hand feels right now? It feels cold. Do you think it would be hard for any of you kids to come up and stick your hand in this bucket of ice? No, No, right? If you wanted something from it, you'd stick your hand in this bucket of ice. What's going to happen as you keep your hand in this bucket of ice? Like, it wasn't, it wasn't bad when I stuck it in there, but my, I'll tell you, my fingers even now are getting a little, a, little, a little tingly. And if I just kept my hand in here the whole time of the sermon, it would be real short. You might appreciate that. But here's the thing. There's many things that we can do that are like, oh, that's not that big a deal, depending on how long you have to do them for. So it's one thing entirely for God to tell Noah. See, i got to take my hand out of this now. It's one thing entirely for God to tell Noah, you know, make an ark, I'm going to flood the earth. But why does God tell the story in this detail? So that we can see in utter detail just how long Noah was on that ark. Did you catch that in the story? Noah had already been on the ark for 150 days. And then, after God remembered Noah, well, that should be good it was still another more than 150 days. After God remembered Noah, he still had longer on the ark than he had already had. It only rained for 40 days. Yeah, you can do that for 40 days. Noah was on that ark for over a year. And even when he starts to think, hey, let me send out the raven. And it just goes and goes and there's nothing to find. And it doesn't even say how long he waits before he sends out the dove. And there's still nothing to find. And then this is the craziest part to me. In the 601st year, this is verse 13. The water, first year, first day of the month, that's a year after he went on into the ark. The waters were dried from off the earth. And Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked. And behold, the face of the ground was dry. Hey, that's great. In the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth had dried out. Then God said to Noah, go out from the ark two full months after he's looking at it like hey we're dried out we've got the cover off and it's still two more months he was in it for a long time so what does that mean for us that we see how long Noah was on the ark this is a comfort us in times of waiting in times of hardship because when we face these times of waiting when things are going badly when things are difficult long after long we're like god where are you what are you doing like the song we sang earlier, how long, how long, O Lord, the cry throughout the Psalms, how long, how long until we get rescued? We tend to give up. We tend to lash out. We tend to fall into our patterns of sin, whatever, however we respond in unhealthy ways. But the message for us from Genesis chapter 8 is that no matter how long it seems to take to us, that God always keeps his promises. God had promised Noah that he would keep him and his family safe, and he did. It took a long, long time for them to get off that ark and go back into the world, but God always keeps his promises. So what does that mean for us? It means we persevere in faith. We persevere in trusting that God will keep his promises, that God will rescue us, that God will work things out, that God will advance his kingdom. Because God always keeps his promises. No matter how long it seems that he's taking. And the Bible knows this. The Bible knows. It even says in Peter, in the New Testament, it says, And the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness. Of course, it goes on to say to him, 10,000 years is like a day, and a day is like 10,000 years. It's kind of like Aslan saying, all times are soon. Um, it, we believe it, but sometimes it doesn't feel that way. So what does it mean for us to, to persevere in faith, what does it mean that God always keeps his promises? We can see here in Genesis chapter 8, three quick areas where we see that playing out. First is that God remembers his people, second is that God renews his creation, and the third is that God restores his mission. God remembers his people, God renews his creation, God restores his mission first that he remembers his people that's that's the the hinge of the story here the beginning of this chapter but the hinge of the story over all chapter 8 verse 1 but God remembered Noah God did not forget about him out on that ark back in chapter 6 God had promised Noah that he would make a covenant with him chapter 6 verse 18 I will establish my covenant with you and when God makes a covenant it's a relate. This is what the children's catechism says about a covenant. It's a relationship that God establishes with us and guarantees by His word. And when something is done by God and guaranteed by His word, it is not going to be broken. God will not forget us. He remembers His people. So, when we're in the midst of life and all of its challenges and all of the slowness that it feels sometimes or the fastness that it feels sometimes, but of but difficulties happening and challenges happening. What can we cling to to know that God remembers his promises? Well, one of the things he has given us is on the table before us. The sacraments. He gives us the Lord's Supper and he gives us baptism as sacraments, as signs of his promises to us. We say that baptism and the Lord's Supper are signs and seals of God's promises. And when it says on the table that we do this in remembrance of me, it's, we do it remembering him to know that he remembers us. And so those, as we take of the sacraments, we remember that God will not forget us. These are his promises to us. So if you are in a place right now that you're wondering where God is, know that God does not forget his people. If you have put your faith in Jesus, if you've become part of his family, if you've been baptized into his family, whether as a child or whether as an adult, you are part of his family, you can remember that. He has made his promise to you and he will not forget you. He will keep that promise. To preserve you and watch over you. However, that works out. God remembers his promises. Secondly, we see here that God renews his creation. If you listen to this Genesis chapter 8 and thought that sounds very familiar, it sounds a lot like Genesis chapter 1, you are not wrong. It is very similar and very intentional. Did you notice that when this started, the waters were over the whole earth? Just as it said in Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, there was water over the whole earth. And then it said in, ver- in, in 8, chapter 1, God made a wind blow over the earth. Now, fun fact in Hebrew, I don't, I don't say Hebrew very much, but a fun fact of Hebrew is that the word for wind and the word for spirit is exactly the same word. And so in Genesis, chapter 1, verse 2, when it says the spirit of God hovered over the waters, it's the same word as when God made a wind to blow over the earth. So he is blowing out the waters of the flood, just as he did in the days of creation. And then as the waters subside, the land appears, just as in the days of creation, he he made the land come up out of the waters and gathered them into their places. God is renewing his creation. So what does that mean for us that God renews his creation? It means we should care for God's creation. We should be in awe of all that God has made. And we should seek to tend the earth as God has commanded us to. What does it mean to tend the earth? What does it mean to care for his creation in a way that reflects the image of God? I don't don't have a specific concrete answer for that. But But that's something we should all be thinking about in our sphere. What does it mean in our homes? What does it mean in our work to work within the creation that God has made? But the other thing we see here, we see that God renews his creation, is that as we care for creation, there's plenty of people who are very worried about what is happening to this world. We worry about climate change. We worry about deforestation. We worry about all kinds of environmental things. And and rightly so, as we care for creation, these are things we should care about. But as Christians, we do not care without hope. We do not despair. Because as we seek to be faithful to the mandate to care for creation, to care for things well, trust over all that God is renewing it. And God is in charge of his creation. I remember back back when I was, back when I was in elementary school, we were, we were learning things, so this would have been in like the 90s, and people were still, they were worried about overpopulation. The earth is gonna get too big, you know, too many people in the earth, and what are we gonna do about it? This led to some disastrous policies in different places. But I just saw an article last week of, you know, people that know things, scientists and whatnot, concluding that this this overpopulation worry was not something that we should have been worried about. That remarkably, we have been able to care for a much larger population. I think the world population is now 8 billion, which used to be a number they said was impossible to sustain. Now they're like, "Oh wow, we could We've advanced in farming technology. We can transport and store food better. Like, we can care for a lot more people. Who would have thought? Behind that, what's going on? God is caring for his creation. God is renewing it. So we can do these things with confidence and hope. Lastly, closely related to that, God restores his mission. Verse 17 of chapter 8 He says to, God says to Noah, bring out with you every living thing that is with you of all flesh, birds and animals and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth that they may swarm on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. Again, repeating the story of Genesis chapter one, repeating the original mission given to humanity. What is the mission, the mission of humanity of all of the people that God has made is to be fruitful and multiply. Why? that we may fill the earth with the image of God. That we may fill the earth with ourselves as mirrors of who God is meant to be. That the earth may be filled with love and justice and truth and beauty and creativity and community among people. And even in the midst of evil, even in the midst of having to wipe out all of humanity because they were wicked and turned against God, God restores his mission. He says, here we go. Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth anew with my image, that we may all reflect the beauty of God. So what does that mean for each of us? It means for each of us in our day-in, day-out lives to ask, how can we fill the earth? How can we reflect the image of God in everything that we do? And the, the, the wonderful thing about this is that in a large sense, our mission before God is simply to be. We are to be people who act rightly towards others, who care for others. Wherever God has put you, whether God has put you as a small child just learning things about how life works, whether God has put you in school as a child or as an adult to learn and interact with classmates, whether God has given you a job inside the home or outside the home, wherever God has put you, you can reflect his image wherever you are. Because God has restored his mission, that you should be fruitful and multiply and display his image throughout the earth wherever you go. So in the season of Advent, let us remember that God keeps his promises. As we see the candles, as we mark the progression towards the excitement of Christmas Day, it's only two weeks only to wait in the season of Advent. It's not long. But even when we find longer periods of waiting, God kept his promise. Jesus came and rescued his people. He gave us his signs that we can remember what he did. and He will keep his promise again. Jesus will come back. He will remember his people. He will renew his entire creation once again. And he will continue to give us the mission to fill even that new creation with his glory and beauty throughout the whole new earth. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you... Give this to us. We thank you that you are faithful, that you keep your promises. We pray that you would help us each to remember what this means for us, to see what you are calling us to do in our lives, to reflect your glory and beauty and your image in all that we do. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from Resurrection Community Church. To learn more about our church and how you can connect with God and others, please visit resurrectionvb.org.